Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. The skills required to be successful in this rapidly changing world of work can be daunting both for students and employers. And this is why the WorkLearn Institute at the international renowned University of Waterloo has developed the Future Ready Talent Framework. This framework is embedding important skills and lifelong learning mindset that are critical in the future of work. And to discuss the framework and how it impacts students, employers, and educators, I'm very pleased to be joined in this episode by the person leading the Institute. Anne-Marie Fannin is the director of the Work Learn Institute at the University of Waterloo in Canada. This is the only institute in the world dedicated to the research on cooperative education and other forms of work integrated learning. It was founded in 2002 with the mission to advance research for global impact on the development of talent for a complex future. For the last 10 years prior to her current role, Anne-Marie was the director of work integrated learning programs at the University of Waterloo. In this role, she oversaw the development and delivery of curriculum that supported students in a variety of work integrated learning opportunities, including the new We Accelerate program, the EDGE program, and the Watt PD course. Anne-Marie is actively engaged with Cooperative Education and Work Integrated Learning Canada and served as their co-chair in the Government and External Relations Committee. She was also president of the association in 2016 and 17, during which time she led the association through an expansion of its mandate from co-op to work integrated learning. Thank you very much, Anne-Marie, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing about the work that you do. The Work Learn Institute is definitely something that is really cutting edge and something that we all need to be thinking about. And of course, the University of Waterloo is famous for the learning in the workplace program that they have. But tell me a little bit about the Work Learn Institute and what you do. Absolutely. Uh, so the WorkLearn Institute is the world's only research center that is dedicated to exploring the role of work integrated learning in the development of talent. So by work integrated learning, I'm referring to educational programs like co-ops and internships where students engage in authentic work with community or industry partners as a component of their educational program. Uh, And our mission at WorkLearn is to advance the practice of work integrated learning at Waterloo nationally and around the globe by sharing our research insights with educators, employers, governments, and other interested stakeholders. Looking at your website, there's so many great resources. And so digging into that is fantastic. But and learning, and especially the mindset of lifelong learning, has been said to be the most important skill in the workplace. So you're really bringing that together. On some level, we are always learning, but lifelong learning has more nuanced in the meaning that we use today. So how do you define lifelong learning? What does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So we define lifelong learning quite simply as the process of learning through one's life. But 
Um, there's sort of two aspects of that definition that are implicit and related to one another, but really critical to understanding the concept of lifelong learning. Uh, so the first is that lifelong learning is not constrained to higher education or formal training systems. It really does involve all of the things that people do to learn throughout their entire lives. Um, second, and relatedly, lifelong learning is typically viewed as self-directed and learner-centric. Uh, and our interest at the Work Learn Institute has been in understanding the individual differences that might explain who is most likely to participate in lifelong learning to be a lifelong learner. So we focused on the characteristics that seem to be most useful for describing um, lifelong learners and sort of studied how those characteristics support individual and organizational success. And that's so important because as you said, there are certain people who are lifelong learners, but understanding what they do and why they are that way is so important because we all have to be lifelong learners. And in the in the workplace, that's the number one skill and it's going to increasingly be so. So what does that actually mean? How do you define a lifelong learner? Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a complex question. Um, and to try to answer it, we reviewed decades of literature on lifelong learning and the people who engage most deeply in it. There's certainly a variety of definitions, but in our work, there were three concepts that always emerged to help understand um, the characteristics of lifelong learners. So first, curiosity. Perhaps above all else, lifelong learners have an insatiable curiosity. Um, they want to know and they need to know how things work. Uh, in the workplace, this might manifest itself as proactive information seeking, always asking the why type questions. Number two is strategic thinking. So lifelong learners are very strategic thinkers, especially when it comes to planning their learning. So they track what they know and what they need to know, and they set goals that are aligned with that vision. They're also into the strategic thinking umbrella, really good at transferring skills from one context to another. And then the third one, and I think it's really, really important as well, is resiliency. So lifelong learners are um, resilient in the challenges of learning. As we know, all of us bump up against challenges when we're trying to learn something new. And, and one of those challenges is the time sort of famine of trying to find enough space in our day to learn and then to, to persevere when we come up against those challenges. And lifelong learners are really good at sort of seeing their way through to their learning goals. That's so important also because there's often this conversation about learning is fun and engaging. And of course, we all love to learn. But the reality is that learning is hard. If you're learning something meaningful and lasting, there's certainly parts of that that are difficult and being able to, I guess this is where the mindset comes in as well, having that growth mindset of knowing that with effort, you will overcome the challenge is extremely important, but also the re resilience to know, you know what, I will push through this. And, and I also know what this looks like because often these challenges, they have a, a life cycle of, of, of what it, what it looks like to, enter into the challenge, then you work at it more, it clarifies a little bit. I mean, there's a, there's a cycle that we can, uh, that we can talk about more extensively, but uh, that's very, very good. So curiosity, strategic thinking, and resilience. So these are the characteristics that 
your research shows you a lifelong learner has embedded. Do you think those are, some of them are teachable characteristics? That's such a good question. Um, I I do, when a lot of our research has focused on um, the development of a lifelong learning mindset. So using a number of instruments to measure specifically curiosity, strategic thinking, resilience. And one of the things that we know is that participation in work integrated learning is correlated with an increase in a lifelong learning mindset. So, um, you know, we know that there are ways that we go about improving and enhancing these skills. Our next burning research question is really what is happening in those work integrated learning experiences to help develop that lifelong learning mindset. Mm -hmm. So um, that is specifically a a research study that we're sketching in right now. What are those critical moments um, that occur to us and and particularly with um, youth in those formative stages of their development that um, are making that tangible impact and increase in the way in which they think curiously about their work and strategically about their learning as they move through work integrated learning programs. Oh, that's wonderful. Very, very exciting because understanding this, you know, for some people it comes naturally as so many things for some people comes naturally for others. It doesn't. However, understanding what that looks like and what those other individuals are doing uh, really does make a, a world of difference. If it doesn't come to you naturally, but you understand what strategic thinking or resilience means to be a lifelong learner. It's something in some ways, at least I'm sure you can integrate into your habits, into your life. Absolutely. And it's so critical. I think that's the, you know, one of the key messages is that as you started off the podcast with, we are all going to need to be lifelong learners for economic well-being, social well-being, to adapt to the rate of change of this world. And so um, we have an imperative to learn how to help enhance these skills, um, not just in students, but um, in our population as a whole. It's it's going to be, I I think, you know, a learning priority for us um, as a world right now and specifically uh, in the near future as well. So some of the research you have conducted shows that people with a lifelong learning mindset are shown to integrate more easily into an organization. Why do you think that is? Why is it that they integrate better into an organization? Yeah, that, that's another really good question. So we had done some research in 2017 um, that did suggest that the characteristics of lifelong learners are linked with work adjustment. Uh, we did a more recent study to try and figure out why this might be. So we tested the idea that lifelong learners adopt specific approaches to learning at work and that this might help to explain their work adjustment. Uh, Very specifically, we surveyed over 100 students at the beginning of their work term um, and then at the end of their work term. And we found that lifelong learners use a deeper approach to learning. So they look at the big picture of their organization. They start to think about ideas and concepts that relate to the organization, but maybe not beyond their specific role. Um, And they have a more structured approach to their learning, that strategic thinking idea. So they're not just focusing on the bare minimum of what it takes to get the job done. Um, And those two components, sort of um, deeper thinking and more strategic thinking about learning the job, really led to better adjustment and sort of organizational ease of of integrating into the organization. 
So if I'm understanding that correctly, that's that they look at the big picture of what the organization entails and what do they do. And that would motivate someone to connect with different parts of the organization to try and find out how they come together. How do they function? How does this place work? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It really is this approach to understanding the new situation. And in this case, the new situation is the organization. So, you know, it goes back to those hallmarks. I'm curious about understanding how my position relates to the larger organization. And I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to take some initiative and be strategic in thinking about how my work connects in. And that sort of creates this easier uh, integration into the community of practice. And it's very much proactive behaviors on that Mm -hmm. part of the lifelong learner. It seems obvious why this is important to an employer, but can you just elaborate a little bit about what you found in your research on why this is an important characteristic for an employer to have in their employees? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, so clearly onboarding is such an important component of the employee experience, but for for employers right now, we're encouraging all of them to think really strategically about um, how they develop lifelong learners, but also how you bring them into the organization. Because if you find yourself with a a complement of lifelong learners, training is going to be easier, performance is going to be higher, organizational commitment, all of those things um, can be fostered and and developed in lifelong learners or those with a lifelong learning mindset in a way that those who haven't yet established those competencies uh, might not experience. The value proposition for an employer to bring a lifelong learner into their organization is so apparent. Um, They're going to adjust easier. They're going to be able to adapt to the changes in the workplace. and, And so the benefits just go on and on really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But these characteristics that you you've really honed in on curiosity, strategic thinking and resilience that define a lifelong learner, they're not necessarily easy to identify and to see someone present those in an interview or on a resume. So how does an employer even look for someone? that has a lifelong learning mindset? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's another really good question. So we do specifically recommend that as employers are creating interview questions, they are looking for those hallmarks of curiosity, strategic thinking, and resilience. And one very simple, a powerful tactic for doing so is to uh, have an interview question that asks, the candidate about something that they've taught themselves in the past six months. And you want to know what it is, but actually the what is, is a little less relevant than the hows uh, and the whys behind that. So the probing questions that you can ask are, why did you choose to learn that? And how did you go about learning it? And, you know, kind of probing for that strategic thinking and resourcefulness. And then, and then testing, you know, I think about me attempting to learn how to knit and all the yarn I have that hasn't been picked up in 15 years. Did you really see it through to completion? So um, that's, it's such a simple question, but a really powerful one for testing the way in which that candidate thinks about learning. 
Um, and then on the flip side, I would also suggest that recruiters be prepared to answer questions about the learning environment that they have within their organization. Because if a candidate is coming with some pretty specific questions, what opportunities are there for me to learn? How do you help to support my development? Um, chances are that they are a lifelong learner and a lifelong learner is going to be looking for a learning organization. So as a, a recruiter, you kind of need to be prepared to sell the learning organization that you work with. Absolutely. So uh, two things there that, that come to mind. One is that the interviewer really needs to be coached and trained on what this looks like, because you do get asked that question about do you enjoy learning? Are you a lifelong learner? What did you learn recently? And the answers are very short and superficial, but actually digging into that process. And I would suggest even saying what was difficult about that and how did you deal with that difficulty? And it requires some training on the on the part of the hiring manager or the person in HR who's, who's doing the interviews, I would think. Yep, absolutely. It's, it's a really, really good point. And it's one of the reasons that we think it's important for people to understand really what the characteristics of a lifelong learner are, because that's what helps you kind of work through the responses and say, are we really seeing curiosity or are we hearing kind of a rote standard response to an interview? Question? A nice boxed answer that works for everyone. That's right. And you make a good point about that a lifelong learner wants a learning organization. And this idea of a learning organization is definitely something that I think is really growing right now. What does it actually mean to have a learning organization? Because of course, that can easily just be said, oh, well, we offer a lot of courses. We offer a lot of training. You have a lot of training hours and a budget. But what does that really mean? What should an organization think about in terms of offering learning opportunities for these types of individuals? And for everyone, really, I mean, to benefit everyone, obviously. Yeah, that's a really good question as well. And I think as we look at the evolution of learning organizations, we are exactly, as you say, looking for more than training opportunities or a budget to go off and take a course on something of interest. Those are, those are good things to have. It's the first step. That's exactly. It's the first step, but it's not going to be enough mm -hmm. to help to keep your staff where they are, where they need to be in terms of training and development. And so, um, you know, I think a, a learning organization is going to be thinking really strategically about ways in which training, learning, growth, development happen on a daily basis. So um, that's why work integrated learning is an interesting kind of model for yes. learning organizations. How do we create organizations where we are learning in the flow of work and we are not separating a training course from your day-to-day -day job? And so it's building those mentorship structures. It's building those real work development opportunities for staff to be engaging in meaningful, authentic activities that are stretching them, that are giving them exposure to the skills that they don't have. Um, it's thinking uh, less compartmentalization of work and, and learning and that fulsome integration of the two. And that that's a big challenge in, in some organizations. That means upending structures and hierarchies and 
way that they they do their work. So lots to be done as we think about the future of training and work, but that I think at the heart is a learning organization where you are thinking about learning and development of staff as holistic development of staff and as um, a part of the work, not separate from the work. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And that's also a good tip for someone to ask if they want to be a part of a learning organization. That is the trick because I I found that many organizations talk about the 70-20-10, which is basically the work integrated learning. But when you dig a little bit deeper and you look at how do you integrate learning into work, often it's just a recognition that we do learn on the job. That's right. Except that's not what it means at all. What it means is that you as an organization build in opportunities to reinforce and to learn and to mentor and you build in learning opportunities into the job. It's not just the fact that people learn as they work, because of course they do but that you build in learning opportunities. How do you see that conversation? Are organizations starting to recognize that shift? Uh, I think some are. Uh, Certainly those that are hearing uh, and paying attention to what is going to be needed to um, build the capabilities within our staff to to navigate rapid change. But but it is, as you've noted, it's such a dramatic shift from the way in which we've kind of historically done training that I think it's it's overwhelming for organizations to think about how do we actually put the structures in place to support learning on a day-to-day basis instead of, as you've noted, acknowledge that learning does happen. So Uh, I think that just like the question about how do we build a lifelong learning mindset, there's going to be a really important question about how do we build those learning organizations and and we need to, for lack of a better word, learn from one another, um, really see what some of those good practices, best practices are, and to share that knowledge um, to keep the Canadian economy where it, it needs to be and to equip our population with those skills. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we can go on and on talking about learning organizations, a topic all on its own. We'll come back to, to talking about the work that you do at the WorkLearn Institute. So you recently published the Future Ready Talent Framework, which is meant for students, employers, and educators. Can you tell me a little bit about this framework? Absolutely. The Future Ready Talent Framework is a competency framework that identifies 12 specific talents that we believe will be absolutely critical for navigating and thriving uh, in a complex and rapidly changing future of work. Uh, And those 12 talents are divided into uh, four clusters, so focused on expanding and transferring expertise, developing oneself, building relationships, and then designing and delivering solutions. That's great. And I I mean, I absolutely love the framework, and uh, I wanted to highlight that for anybody who wants to take a look. In the show notes, there's a link to the website and you really have so many resources and it's so beautifully laid out. It's fantastic for students, employers and educators because everyone needs to be included in this. And I've actually sent it to to several people already and I think it's very useful. But can you tell me about the purpose of the framework and why you think that you got it right? 
Well, first of all, thank you very much. Um, we are really proud of the framework. I, I think the purpose of it at its core is to raise awareness of the breadth of talents that are going to be needed to be successful in the future of work um, and to begin to highlight some of the behaviors that are associated with high performance of those talents. I think that the framework can be leveraged um, by students to uh, really help to raise their awareness of things that um, they might not see as imperative or critical for success in the workplace. And then to sort of start to map their development against the framework. Uh, and similarly for employers and educators, it can be um, a scorecard. How are you developing these skills in your population, be it students or staff? And then uh, a conversational tool as well. You, uh, you know, these are the skills that we think are absolutely critical. And these are the behaviors that we think support success or high performance in those in those skills. Is that right? Are you seeing other skills that are necessary that we we haven't incorporated in the framework? So I think it's it's certainly a living document. And to your question about uh, why we think we got it right, well, that's the first point, is that I, I believe it will continue to evolve. And anytime you call something future-focused, there's always a, a little bit of prognostication that goes along <laughs> with that. Yeah. Um, but, but there's a few reasons that I, I think pretty solid. We had a really strong methodology in creating the framework, a number of different validation phases and validation from students, from staff, from employers, uh, faculty. But but the key reason that I, I think we got it right is that at its core, the Future Ready Talent Framework is um, a synthesis, a reflection of a lot of existing frameworks with a future-focused lens on it. So many, many of the talents that you see in the Future Ready Talent Framework have existed in competency frameworks for years and years and years. Communication, collaboration, critical thinking. Uh, but what we've tried to do with the Future Ready Talent Framework is to think about what does that look like in a future of work? How do, how do those skills skills differ, manifest differently in a hybrid, always on interconnected global workforce. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that it's, it's really thinking about how skills that have always been critical need to evolve. And then we added a few talents that are directly related to the future of work. So um, information and data literacy. We all need to learn how to sort through and make meaning of this information overload we have. Um, technological agility to be able to uh, work effectively with technology, but simultaneously to advocate for its ethical use for the ways in which it can help us to evolve our work in a meaningful way. And then where we started this conversation, lifelong learning and career development, that is a core skill that we all need. So it's a hybrid of some of those skills that have been around forever and then a bit of a future focused lens. It's really, really good because as you said, it's so important as a, as a scorecard also for students and for employers and for educators to say, what should we be focusing on or what should I be focusing on to make sure that I am ready for the workplace and that I, my employees are ready for the workplace as well and that they have the skills that is really required. Is there something on that framework that you think something that maybe people don't think about often as something they should be thinking about in terms of the future of work? I think... 
when you look at the four clusters, the first one, expand and transfer expertise, is the traditional like knowledge, skills component to do your work. That one's taken care of. Then there's build relationships, and those are the ones you would have always seen in a competency framework, communication, collaboration. We have intercultural effectiveness in there. The design and deliver solutions, I think, is something that we have all we all recognize is important for doing our work well. We don't often necessarily think about training all of our staff in how to do this. So training um, staff in critical thinking, in an innovation mindset, in the ability to, you know, take ideas and move them into action. So that's something I think we all need to pay more attention to. But the component of the framework that is typically missing uh, and certainly in corporate training programs is the develop self. And that's self-assessment, that's self-management, that's lifelong learning and career management, and really thinking of building up that resilience, the adaptability, the critical self-assessment that is going to be needed to navigate a rapidly changing world of work and a rapidly changing society. There's so much in each of those to really understand what they mean, an entire subject in itself, each of those different elements. And hopefully people don't take it at the first level because there's so much to understand about it more deeply. But in terms of students, how do you, I mean, you're based in a university, you were based in a very famous large university. How do you support the students and help them to use this framework? Mm-hmm. So uh, the Futurity Talent Framework has been implemented across all of the programming that we do within our unit, which is cooperative and experiential education at the University of Waterloo. Just to give a quick, uh, quick uh, understanding for people who might not be familiar with it, Water- mm-hmm. the University of Waterloo is very famous for its co-op program. So that means that when students start a, a university degree, they are in, in university for four months, but then four months they're in a workplace and they're working and they switch between four months of university, four months of work. And it's phenomenal work experiences in their field of study. And across Canada, this is a very well-recognized program. And they don't have summer holidays. They just rotate between work and school and work and school. So just, just so people know that the university is set up this way. Yes, thank you. Um, First of all, that was a fantastic summary um, and really important context. So we have a very large team that supports about the 25,000 students that go out and participate in this program each year. And so we created the Future Ready Talent Framework to um, help students sort of starting point, build awareness of these talents, but then to to track their development throughout their undergraduate career, particularly their engagement Mm -hmm. in these work terms. Uh, So they are introduced to the framework very early on um, before they go out on their first work experience. Um, And then they're given multiple opportunities to assess the development of their skills, um, whether that's reflective exercises that they complete at the end of each work term, um, the evaluation that that their employer gives to them at the end of the work term is also mapped to the future ready talent framework. Um, And that's just the beginning for us. We were using the future ready talent framework to map out all future professional development and workshops for the students. 
So we would be, for example, giving some workshops that are focused on um, self-assessment or technological agility um, so that students can really find opportunities to develop each of those skills. And then the other really neat thing that we're starting to do is to map the Future Ready Talent Framework over the core curricula that a student would complete as a part of their program. So you almost get a heat map of they developed these competencies in this class and then they were supplemented in this work term and that can give us this really beautiful picture of the ways in which their whole university experience helps to develop this breadth of competencies. Wonderful way of approaching your school and then the work experience. I would imagine that also since the students have to use the the future ready talent framework, their employer during these these co-op placements, the work placements, that must also help them to be able to reflect on what should we be emphasizing in the in the workplace, not just for the students, but for our other employees? Did you hear about any of this cross-pollination? Yeah, that's such a great point because it's certainly one of the goals with the Future Ready Talent Framework. I think we're hearing um, bits and pieces of it, but we actually want to be really much more intentional with our employer audiences to help to educate them on the Future Ready mm-hmm. Talent Framework and to do exactly as you say about can they use the framework as a launching point for their own staff development frameworks? I love it. Well, we'll have to come back and talk to you in the future because there's so there's so much work you and your organization are doing that uh, it's very, very exciting. So we've talked a lot about skills. And of course, anybody in not just workplace learning, but in management in general, in organizations, skills are the hot topic of the day, um, rightfully so. So it's a huge topic in the world of learning and development, but there is a danger. I mean, in this entire conversation, there's a real danger of forgetting about holistic skills. How do you define holistic skills and why are they important? Mm, It's a very good point. I see holistic skills as that full breadth of skills that uh, we need to develop in order to thrive as humans. So social, emotional, physical, mental, intellectual. Uh, And you're right. Uh, We talk a lot about skills and and we tend to really um, boil it down to kind of the technological skills or the uh, enhancement of a very discipline specific component uh, when we think about corporate training programs. And that's not going to be sufficient. That's not going to be sufficient for our populations to grow and to thrive and to manage change. In some ways, I think that the Future Ready Talent Framework gives a nod to holistic development by incorporating some of those talents, uh, especially under that develop self category. But it certainly is very work focused. And and so it isn't um, as comprehensive as you might imagine in a holistic framework that's looking at maybe um, physical and mental well-being as components of it. That being said, I think what's interesting and promising about the Future Ready Talent Framework is that um, it could be a good launching pad for something that is even more holistic. And as one specific example, our colleagues at the University of Waterloo took the Future Ready Talent Framework and um, adapted it for the student experience framework. So some of the categories and talents were adjusted and included more of a focus on wellness and that growth mindset and some of those other things. But it was a good conceptual launching point for thinking about human development. 
And I think that's the key takeaway uh, for the listeners uh, to help our population be future ready. We need to be supporting holistic development, whether we're educators, whether we're employers uh, and having a framework in place can really help us see how we're doing to that end. The specifics might change, uh, but the principles, uh, thinking about those core skills and competencies and being really intentional in giving learning opportunities to develop them is going to be absolutely key. Mm, Absolutely. That is so true. And it is so important to have a framework as an anchor, anchor and as a launching pad really Mm -hmm. into, into more depth. That sounds really, really interesting. Highly encourage everybody to go and take a look at Future Ready Talent Framework on your website. And the link is here and to dig into a little bit deeper and all the resources that you provide as well. And there's so much to come because you're you're still doing so much work and there's so much new that will come in the future. So I'm really looking forward to that. But before we end, I always ask my guests if there's something you recommend to read or watch in this field. Is there something that you would like to recommend? Yeah, I have two quick recommendations. I mean, there's so many um, articles out there about the importance of lifelong learning. Um, one of the ones that I think really helps to put it in a global context is the OECD Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development Skills Strategy from 2019. I think if you want to better understand why uh, lifelong learning is an imperative for economic and social well-being, that's a great starting point. And then in terms of what to do with that, how we actually operationalize it, Mark Zhao Sanders has written some interesting articles in the Harvard Business Review about becoming a lifelong learner, developing a lifelong learning mindset in your organization and things like that. So I'd also recommend that you um, check them out. Those are great. Thank you very much. Well, Anne-Marie, it was an absolute pleasure. I mean, I feel like we've just touched the surface because there's so much to talk about, but hopefully you're willing to come back again in the future and discuss more of your work because it's absolutely critical and, and very, very interesting to learning and the workplace. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. It's been such a delight and I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you.